Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm so blessed and grateful to be with my friend, Chad Romzik. Chad, how are you, sir? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I can't complain. Uh, you know what? There's a lot of crazy things happening in the world right now, but we choose how to react, don't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know we're going to choose how to show up today and I'm really excited about this. Really excited to welcome you to the show and really thrilled to be welcoming Elevate Nation back to the show because it's time to take it to another level. I have no doubt that we're going to do that today. And this is the show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And this is where we're going to discuss the mindset, the habits, the routines, systems, tools, and the strategies and so much more from those who are elevating to a life without limits so you can do more or even more, you know, the same or even more for yourself. And this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives because real estate is just a vehicle. You know, business is just a vehicle. You know, what we create in terms of systems or the vehicle towards creating what we want in our life. And that's what we're talking about here on this show. And if you appreciate what we're doing, subscribe to the show, give us a rating, a review. You know, a five-star rating is certainly helpful. You know, give us a review and specifically, what are you applying in your life? What, what type of results are you seeing and how are you elevating yourself? And so, uh, I want to thank you again for being here on the show, and I want to welcome you and introduce Chad Romzik, who is the creator and owner of Kick Ash Basket, a creative, energetic, and passionate entrepreneur specializing in solving problems with simple solutions. His background is mechanical engineering, project management, and operations leadership. He worked at two Fortune 500 companies in a greenfield startup business before embarking on a side hustle in the barbecue grilling industry. Chad and his wife, Tracy, started the Kick Ash Basket business from their garage in Nina, Wisconsin, back in 2014, and are now supplying grill accessories all over the United States and all over the Kick Ash planet. I love that. In 2017, <laughs> Chad walked away from his corporate America six-figure income because it didn't just make sense to keep going back to the cubicle. Now, Chad and Tracy are kicking ash and making flames with over seven figures in annual sales and are starting to build real wealth, build wealth and freedom in the multifamily investing arena. Chad's life goal is to inspire people all over the world to shake that ash and light that fire. So what a fun bio, my friend. I love, <laughs> love reading that. So tell me more about Chad behind the bio. Who is, who is Chad Romzik as a man? Who is Chad as a man? So um, I grew up in... Michigan, a little town, Harbor Beach, um, grew up kind of, kind of on a farm. Um, my dad was actually uh, a life, life insurance salesman, um, but we were always tinkering and, you know, having fun and just, you know, I learned from my dad early on to be a fix-it man and, um, you know, do what we can to be creative and, and build things. Um, I got the engineering bug and, uh, early in high school, actually, and um, kind of discovered that I'm kind of a creative person and I like to solve problems. And, and um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of where it all started back, back in the farm in Michigan. 
That's awesome. So as a, you got the engineering bug, I mean, was that something that you noticed in yourself growing up as a child that you were someone who liked to build things or how did that originate? Yeah, I, I, I think so. And, you know, having the, the farm environment, even though we weren't like active farmers, we, you know, had, you know, a shop and, and, um, you were always fixing stuff around there. And then, um, when I got into school, you know, math and science were, you know, kind of, I'd say fairly easy for me and, and whatnot. And then I just like to design Show stuff off. actually. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have to brag about my son. He's like crazy, crazy smart. He's already in the calculus as the calc three as a junior in high school. And, and honestly, I mean, back in the early nineties, I didn't know what calculus was until I went to college. Wow. So, even, even though I was good in math and science, it's nothing compared to what these kids are doing today. That's but awesome. um, yeah, I think I was fortunate to learn early on that I, that I liked designing things and drawing things and solving problems. And that kind of helped set my path, um, at, you know, as I went to college and, you know, went on, moved out West and whatnot. And yeah, so it was it's kind of an early, early blessing, I guess. That's you know, awesome. Changing, changing it up. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and then you grew up and you became an engineer and, and sort of grew in corporate America. You said right? I grew up. That's funny. Oh, that's right. Forgot <laughs> about that. You never grow up, right? That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me about that. I mean, you, you, as you progressed, we'll say, yeah. uh, didn't grow up, you, you, you went along your journey and sort of, you know, became a, an engineer in corporate America. And was, was there a time where you started to get dissatisfied with that lifestyle or, or was it really just a creative sort of following your own curiosity that gave you the option to look elsewhere or how did that work? Yeah. So, well, so my, here's a, how much time we got? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody get comfortable here. Okay. So I, my great grandfather worked for the Nestle Corporation in Ohio and in um, downstate Michigan. And when I was going off to college in uh, 1991-92 is when I headed off, he's like, man, find, find a great company like Nestle that'll they'll take care of you and take care of your family and, and um, you'll be set. You'll be set for life. You know, he had the golden watch and, and all that stuff. And, yeah. and so I'm like, wow, all right, that's interesting. So Early on in college, um, like my sophomore year, I landed a, an internship or a, a co-op with a big company. They make toilet paper and diapers and stuff like that. Anyway, great company. Love them to death. Um, I saw in that first term that, man, there were, there were big layoffs in middle management and in things. And, and I'm like, this isn't what grandpa was talking about. You know, so I kind of learned early that, all right, I got to do the best at everything I do and, um, you know, and, but, and be able to kind of make my own path in life and, and live where I want to live and, and do what I want to do. And so that was kind of one point where I was like, all right, I've got to follow what I want to do. So um, fast forwarding though to, you know, your question of how did you become an entrepreneur and that. So right out of college then, instead of going to work for, it was Kimberly Clark Corporation. Um, man, they're taking care of us now, all kinds of toilet paper 
<laughs> good stuff like that. But yeah, but you can't buy it anywhere. Yeah, right. You got to know a guy. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, I, so I actually went to work for the Boeing company, uh, building airplanes right out of college. And um, there's another interesting place. It's like wonderful company to work with, um, cool projects. Uh, but if the the cycle of the economy is down, there's not a lot to do. So hmm. I, I quickly became bored and actually ended up back at Kimberly Clark out in Everett, Washington. And um, so that was, you know, I, I decided, all right, I'll go back to making paper, um, working in that industry where I knew I wouldn't be bored. Um, lots of project management opportunities. So that's basically what I got into when I was out there was working project management. Um, then, so fast forward about 2006, um, it's like, all right, I'm working this every day. It's kind of, eh, it's, it's working out all right. But I had a friend who was leaving Kimberly Clark in Everett, Washington. And I'm like, hey, where are you going? Why don't you take me with you? I don't even know what he's doing. Um, but he told me, and he was actually going to a startup company to build modular homes. I'm like, that's interesting. And, and by modular, we're not talking the homes on chassis with wheels. We're talking stack them up like ridiculously solid Lego bricks and um, build three-story hotels and things. We actually ended up building Holiday Inn Expresses. And so, so when I went to that company in, in 06 to 08, um, you know, I was the, the fifth employee and it was, you know, I wasn't the owner of the company, but I was close enough to start that bug and, and learn a lot. Um, learn a lot about what not to do, mm. <laughs> but then also learn, all right, there's, there's other ways to do things here. And, um, you know, what can I, what can I do to, to, uh, to move forward? So, mm -hmm. but, so that's kind of where I really got the, the entrepreneurial bug, even though I wasn't the full leader in that business. Yeah. No, oh, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, it sounds like, you know, at least gave you a peek into what else may be possible because I'm kind of like you and many of our listeners, you know, we were always told to, to go to school, get good grades, get a good yeah. job and get taken care of by the organization that you serve. And, you know, I feel like that was probably sound advice at one point in time, but, Absolutely. you know, I think the world changes and obviously, you know, the world has changed again. It continues to change and perhaps even more rapidly. So, you know, maybe it's like we, we shouldn't be mad at the advice, but we should look and say, well, how, how can we adapt? And, and it feels like that's what you're saying is that you had to learn how to adapt. And so tell me about, you know, when, in that moment, when you started to sort of peek into the options of what else is possible, you know, was that also the, the simultaneous moment where you sort of drew your theoretical line in the sand and said, I'm going to do anything it takes to be extraordinary and to be, you know, to live a, you know, a life that's greater than average or did that ever occur to you or do you feel like you, um, you know, you took another path or was it a process? Yeah, no, definitely a process and um, definitely something I still had to grow into because, you know, I was still of the mindset of, all right, this is, this is going to be awesome. I'm the, you know, I'm the fifth employee at this company, you know, we're going to do great things. We've built a, humongous factory building walls with automated equipment and, and stuff like that. Really fun stuff. And so it, again, this was 06 to 08 when the housing market was doing what it did yep. at that time. And, um, 
basically at the end of 08, I, I ended up leaving there. Um, and, and then the beginning of 09, they ended up closing down because they just, they couldn't find customers in the market as it was at that time. So, so at that time, I'm like, all right, what do I do? You know, do I look for just another job? Do I, you know, try to find somebody else? Um, and I, I actually took the path of kind of least resistance. And um, Kimberly Clark moved me back across the country, back to Wisconsin. And um, so I landed back here, um, got into operations management, operations leadership at a, you know, a very large, successful uh, factory here with Kimberly Clark. Um, and it was, it was a struggle. It, you know, just kind of wasn't my thing. Didn't really, didn't really enjoy the work, the stress, the, you know, everything that comes with it. Um, so f- fortunately, I was able to get into a position um, back in uh, research and, and engineering um, where I was able to more thrive with what I was, you know, blessed with, with doing. And, um, so that was kind of the, all right, this is, this is good. And I I got onto some really cool projects with the company at that time. So, so that was in about 2010 then. Um, and also at that time is when I got my first grill, um, my first ceramic cooker grill. So these are, there's a specific, you know, it's not just a, not just a Weber gas grill or something like that, but. Um, that was when I got the first grill and found, all right, we've got a, a problem we need to solve here with this thing. And um, so that's when I'm like, all right, we can, we can do something. Um, so fast forward to the kick-ass basket. And the, that's when I was like, all right, there's, there's more here. Um, and then before getting into details with that, um, we actually, my wife and I, um, were toying around in a, multi-level level marketing company um, like some people have probably done here and there. Yeah. Um, learned a lot again, actually got turned on to going and seeing uh, Tony Robbins several times. What kind of business was that? It was um, multi-level market. So it was uh, team national was the okay. company. Um, and it, it was uh, so you were doing network type. marketing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I Got wouldn't it. say I, do was, I was doing it very well. <laughs> yeah. You were not doing it very well. <laughs> oh no, I wouldn't say <laughs> okay. so. So working at Kimberly Clark, trying to do the network marketing thing. Um, and, uh, you know, figure out what we're, what's going on there. But, but that's when we got into the, the personal development type stuff, you know, so that's Tony awesome. Robbins and, you know, all the, all the books, it, rich dad, poor dad, even, you know, Kiyosaki and, that was the book that I read that was like, all right, there's what's going on here. That's a mind shifter. Yeah. 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 That's, that's like, what, what are we teaching our kids again? Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so, so anyway, that was kind of the point where, all right, I'm learning all about all this self-development stuff. I do have a great job in you know, project engineering leadership, getting the, you know, use my creative stuff. And then we landed with a, a coach that, um, you know, we may be familiar with. His name is Trevor. And um, he's quite a, quite a guy. So we, we found Trevor in 2013. Um, 
And that's where we're like, all right, what else, what else can we do? What, what's out there? What are you thinking about that you could do something with? And I'm like, well, I got this basket thing that a lot of my buddies like. And um, that, was the, that was the turning point of, all right, we could, we could do something else. Don't know if it'll work. Going to give it a try. And um, yeah, so now that's all we do. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life, your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year? Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. So what did that, I mean, when you recognize that you had a potential, you know, product there, did you recognize how successful it could be? Or did you think it was like, you know what, let's just figure, let's just try it out. And you know, it may not work out. I mean, what was that whole thought process like? Yeah, it, it was more of the, I think we're on to something because, you know, we went looking for something like it right away back in 2010, actually. Yeah. And um, I'm like, if we're looking for this, other people are looking for this. Mm-hmm. And so there might be something here. Let, let's give it a try. Now, you know, further to your question of, did we think we were really onto something that could be as successful as it has been? I. I don't know. I was just hoping we'd sell the first hundred that I bought and I had had no idea and was losing sleep. And now, I mean, even, even in this day and age, we're moving well over a hundred a week. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I guess it's just a, for all of us, it's like a reminder to, you know, as the kids say, shoot your shot, right? Because if you feel like you yeah. have an idea, you know, a lot of the initial thoughts that people have as well, you know, somebody else probably had this idea too. And maybe they did, but they didn't act on it. They didn't put right. it in action. They didn't formulate and actually develop the plan. So how did that feel when you recognized that perhaps, you know, maybe other people had thought about that? Maybe there was other consumers out there looking for an unfulfilled solution. Uh, but how did that feel as, uh, as an individual who was seeking more, like you were seeking the personal development, you were seeking something different yeah. through multi-level marketing and whatever. I mean, what was that feeling like? So it's, it's almost freeing is the word I, I would choose. And I, so even before we got to the, um, to the basket, the, the basket solution for charcoal, I think back to my conversation with my friend who was leaving Kimberly Clark and, and I'm thinking about going with them. You know, I, I had to vet it a little bit, but yeah. it's that, that future pace thing mm-hmm. where you, you look at yourself five years in the future and you think, all right, what I kicked myself in the butt for not doing this. And that, that to me is a, is a huge thing. So, so that's kind of how I made my decision. Walk us through that. I want to, um, I definitely want to not leave anybody behind on future pacing. So how did that exactly yeah. look for you? Yeah. So that, 
it, and it's it's funny because Tony definitely talks about that quite a bit. And and I think I had this thought even before talking with him with my my friend back in 2006. And and just thinking about it with Tracy, it's like, all right, you know, I've got this new opportunity. I've had some great opportunities with Boeing and Kimberly Clark and you know different stuff. And I just kind of, you know, put myself in this place. All right. 5 years from now, um, would I look back and say, man, I regret not taking that shot, right? I, I regret not taking this opportunity, not taking this chance. And what's the worst that could happen? You know, if you've got a, a successful career or you've got a, uh, a successful business, you know, can you come back and do something similar? And, it, you know, I like to think I played things smart along the way. I didn't burn any bridges. Um, and I, you know, was you know, had good relations and things like that. So it's like, all right, this is, this is something I need to, something I definitely need to do. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. And it's really, you know, it's just a great reminder for us all when we're making decisions and as we have to adapt so rapidly in this type of, you know, modern environment that we're in, you know, we've always got to ask ourselves, you know, what would our, what would our future self say if we did or did not make this decision? If we, right. you know, committed to something, would, would, would we kick ourselves for not doing this? And then also what's the worst that could happen? And I love, you know, what Tim Ferriss talks about regarding uh, fear setting is one of the things he's like, all right, well, let's just think about the worst case scenario. What is the worst case scenario? How does that play out? And then once you kind of face that, it's like, oh, it's actually not as bad as I thought it was or if it was you know what are the solutions for it there's a solution for everything so Mm -hmm. I just love the the whole process that you're talking about here yeah yeah and you you'd be smart about it too you know so now we we fast forward to 2013 2014 after you know meeting with Trevor and coming up with this idea how do we make it something we can go to market with I'm like oh crap now now I gotta buy tooling Right. I got to, you know, get this initial order. I got to buy a hundred of these things to make them, you know, a price that I think I can get my money back on, you know, laying in bed and thinking, holy crap, now I got, you know, five, six thousand dollars invested in this. I don't know if I'm going to sell any of them. Um, But again, it's freeing because you're like, all right, it's, you know, five, six thousand dollars. That's nothing to, to throw away. But it's not you know, mortgage in the house and, you know, so to, being smart about how we started, I think was a good thing as well. Mm-hmm. And, and then how we've grown the business as well as just, you know, reinvesting and, and, um, yeah, having some fun with it. So, yeah, well, and it required a lot of commitment and it still required a certain amount of courage, you know, to invest, you know, 6,000 bucks. I mean, you know, it's, it's certainly not, you know, the craziest amount of money, but you know, it still can, it can change sort of some dynamics from a personal perspective, you know, as a, as an individual. And, um, so, so talk about that. I mean, talk about the courage that it took to, to dive in and how long did you have to be courageous before, you know, it started to really pay off. Yeah. Um, so fortunately, uh, my wife, Tracy is, was right alongside me in the journey here. And, um, and the great thing was we, we both loved to cook for the family. So that's how we kind of came up with the, the idea. And, and she saw that there was a need as well, right out of the gate. So, so that, you know, having her by my side, helping out and stuff that definitely made it 
made it a lot easier. Um, and then getting into the first year, um, so we just started with um, a website and a Facebook page um, just to keep it simple and just put it out there a little bit of time, see, hey, was anybody going to buy these buy these things? Um, but in the, the first year, I had to kick in a little bit more courage because um, there's some there's some blogs out there with the, the big green egg guys and, and they're, they're very, they're, they're like, they're kind of like uh, Corvette club guys, mm. you know, so yeah. very, you know, specific about their, their club and, and things like that. And, and um, so I finally got the courage one day to answer a question. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the guys is having problems with his fire. You know, he couldn't get, his grill up the temperatures and I'm like, that is the exact problem I was trying to solve and we have a solution. So I, I got the courage up to make a post and say, Hey, check this thing out. You know, we've just launched it. Here's our Facebook page and, and whatnot. And, and I had, you know, I had everything, you know, but the majority of it was, damn, I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> so that's, that's when we really knew we were onto something. And, and, um, but yeah, that, that took a courage, took some courage and, uh, um, you know, within the first year we landed a, a couple retail stores and, you know, we're having a decent presence online and, and, um, then we had some key people find us like, uh, my buddy Craig, Craig Tabor down in Atlanta, he found us early on and, and he was one of the first guys that said, Hey, this is a great idea. Do you mind if I tell my local store about you guys? I guess you can. Yeah, that's fine. That'd Go be all right. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. So walk us through, you know, the next stage of the growth process. I mean, and then obviously we'll want you to tell the listeners a little bit more about the product, but um, walk us through the next phase. So obviously the first, the first stage is the idea, walking into figuring out, all right, there's demand for the idea, getting it in front of the customers. You've created the awareness, you've whetted the appetite. So now talk to me from a business perspective in terms of building your systems and building the engine to really service this in addition to your prospecting efforts. How did you grow that from a practical perspective? Yeah. Um, so this was, you know, 2014, 15. So, and I was working, still working full time at Kimberly Clark. So we definitely had to have processes in place. And Fortunately, like I said, right away, Tracy was on board with, um, you know, managing orders and, you know, doing the books and things like that. And I could still focus on being the, um, the design guy, the creative side. So she's the, the manager side and I'm the creative side. Um, so that definitely helped to have that in place out of the gates um, to make sure we're keeping track of everything properly and whatnot. Um, and then the other part that I, I really enjoyed was the social media side of it. So growing you know, through Facebook, I got introduced to Instagram early and uh, I think it's probably 2015 that we finally got into Instagram and stuff. And folks there are just, you know, they, they love the, the food biz and hey, this is a, you know, you know, better way to, to uh, light your charcoal and stuff like that. So, so it, it, that's kind of how we started to grow. And honestly, as I, I call it the pork butt business plan which is we're, we're just growing or low and slow, baby. So that's, that's what awesome. we did. We just kept reinvesting back in, um, you know, as we, you know, kind of got a foothold in, in one size of a, a grill, folks started asking for other sizes and, hey, when's this coming up and whatnot. So we tried to reinvest back in. Um, 
back to your question on you know prospecting and growing, um, a lot of it honestly was word of mouth. Um, so you know being out there uh, on Instagram and Facebook, you know people were seeing us. They're like, why isn't this in our local stores? So that was kind of our our prospecting method was, hey, if it's a good idea, local stores will find us and. And that's basically how we grow, how we've grown, um, you know, rather than pounding the pavement and me having to, you know, go knock on doors and, and be on the phone all the time. We kind of let it grow very organically, which, you know, in this day and age, it, that's, that's a great place to be in. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of how we, how it grew it out. No, that's cool. And uh, it's really exciting because, you know, one of the phrases that I'm so fond of that I've really come to really remind myself of so frequently is that if it's not sustainable, it's not successful. And yeah. I feel like that's really, you know, as you mentioned, I love the phrase, the the pork butt business plan and, you know, sort of slow <laughs> smoking that thing slow and smoke, you know, uh, you know, and kind of let it metastasize, let it be organic. Um, because that's really how you sort of, you build that model and you reinvest and you show that you've got something that, you know, the customers want and you can expand it without overextending yourself. You know, I think there's at least in some modern times, I feel like, you know, it's, it's all about let's scale as soon as possible, as quick as possible. And certainly that can work and you've seen that, but it, you know, seems to be a little bit of a, uh, much more long-term approach to do, do it the way that you've done it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you got to have a love of the game too, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, fortunately, this is something that we created because I I love to cook for friends and family, and I just wanted to be able to do it more efficiently and effectively. So then you get into the business, and and I'm doing stuff that I love. You know, I'm cooking and grilling and taking great pictures and posting it out there. So it's kind of you know a self perpetuating deal that, you know, I'm into something that, that I, that I truly love, you know, so we're obviously blessed having that, that aspect of it. And, um, it makes it kind of fun too. That's awesome. Well, and this is, I mean, this is exactly what the show is all about is elevating to a life without limits, you know, whether it's through real estate or whether it's through creating a business or whether it's through, you know, being creative and creating products and obviously giving yourself the opportunity to further reinvest in those products and in those systems, in those businesses and in real estate as well, which I know that you also invest in real estate. And so tell me, you know, what is this, what has this given you in your life? I mean, obviously it's given you a passion that you can, you can love and enjoy while you're, you know, creating practicality for yourself and for your family. But what else has this given you in your life? Yeah, it's kind of allowed us to design a life. Right. I mean, when we got into this, then, then we started to, you know, take vacations around the grilling business. Um, so I'll never forget one of the, one of the first grill events we went to was actually down in your neck of the woods, down in Kentucky. And it was called, um, uh, grills gone wild. Oh so, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was grilling, all cooking and everything. The I and the R may have been mixed up. I don't know. I think yeah. you go to oh, all of those was, type of events. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's good fun. But the, the very first one we went to, we took family trip and now we're gonna go, you know, see the caves and you know, do some of the fun stuff down in Kentucky. And it rained the whole event. It was like Saturday Gosh. event, everybody's trying to grill, 
and um, you know we're, we've got a, a tent and we're showing off product and stuff and it just rained the whole time and the uh, US Army recruiters were just across the way from us and um, they left before we did so we, we, oh, man. we outlasted those guys but that, that's just a good fun story along the way and, and then you know, we've, we've basically built it into, you know, now we go to uh, big green egg festivals where they're, you know, grilling and showing off products. And one of our favorite trips, we did a, we did a trip, uh, there was the Toronto egg fest. So we drove and we took our mountain bikes and, you know, we're showing off product at the Toronto egg fest. And then we went up through Vermont, uh, went mountain biking in Stowe, Vermont, headed on over to Boston. Um, you know, did the Boston tour, saw a few stores in the Boston area that we had, um, came down through uh, New York and New Jersey, saw some stores there, just, you know, basically made a whole trip out of this and, you know, kind of teaching the boys about being an entrepreneur and living the life and being able to, uh, you know, enjoy time while you're working the business. And um, yeah, so that's just one kind of small example. I had a really good one out West too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we were talking about actually Chad and I were at a conference recently and we were having a, a fun conversation over a glass of bourbon and we were talking about, um, you know, what was the moment that you felt most alive? And then also, has there been a moment where you maybe cheated death or maybe you felt like you were almost dying and uh, maybe you give us the Cliff Notes version of the most alive moment. I thought that was a great, uh, great story. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we did a trip out west um, to Seattle and then up through Vancouver and to Whistler, British Columbia. And as I had mentioned, we lived out in Seattle and fell in love with the mountains and, and snowboarding and everything. And, and since then, um, we've trained or taught our boys to, to snowboard and love the mountains as well. And so they're, that now they're currently uh, 17 and 15. And at the time of this, they were uh, 15 and 13. And so on uh, the fifth day up at Whistler, British Columbia, we just got dumped on with snow. We had a foot of fresh snow. We're riding in, you know, bottomless turns and, and just having a great time with our friends, Eric and Laura out there. And um, Dylan and I, my, my oldest, we're riding down the mountain. We're doing this peak to creek run. And it's so, it's the peak of Whistler down to the base. It's like 5,000 vertical feet. Uh, it could take you 45 minutes or so. So we did it one time. We're just, you know, having the times are alive. We're, we're really enjoying it and everything. And the second time down, we're about halfway down and, you know, we're just covered in snow and having a blast. And I find, I catch up to Dylan because he's gotten so good. I'm, I'm like having a hard time keeping up with him. And I'm like, Dylan, how you doing? He's like, dad, I'm just trying to survive. <laughs> it's just, just the best. I'll never forget it. It was so much fun. That's yeah. awesome, man. That's what that those are the moments you live for. And, you know, that's why we do what we do is to live that life and to give yourself options to have those type of moments. And I uh, appreciate you sharing that. Uh, it's yeah. so fun to so fun to hear that. But, you know, as far as, you know, yourself and as your your journey continues here, you know, as you're continuing to raise the bar in your own life, I'd be curious to know, I mean, how are you, how are you still investing in yourself today? I mean, you, you mentioned how you kind of got a glimpse into personal growth through Tony Robbins conferences yeah. and things like that, but how are you continuing to invest in your own growth today? Yeah. So we, we still are working with Trevor, uh, basically weekly. So he's our, our business advisor, business coach, life coach. You know, he's the guy outside of our little environment that, 
ask the tough questions. Um, what else are you thinking about? How are you keeping your mindset straight? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, a key investment in, in everything we do. Um, you know, I kind of look at him in our situation is almost the CEO of our business and kind of guiding us and, and helping us out along the way and stuff like that. Um, the other piece is, you know, getting out with, with great positive people like, like Tyler, you know, I just in the past year got into investing in real estate and, um, as kind of diversifying, you know, what we're doing with investments and, and things like that. Um, but, and then, and then daily, you know, daily reading, um, and meditation, that's a, that's a big thing for me, man. If I, if I miss, miss my meditation for a day, that's a, that's a tough day. So yeah. <laughs> I truly, I truly do appreciate that. Um, and, um, the, the other big thing is, uh, keeping a daily, uh, a gratitude journal is something that I, that I do personally just to ground myself, especially in these crazy times that we've got going on now, you know, we've got to keep it upfront of what's what's absolutely positive in our lives so so yeah. yeah those are some great things that I've I try to keep at my uh my forefront daily that's awesome there's a lot of things there that I want to you know dive slightly deeper into number one I guess um I know I asked about investing yourself and you mentioned some great things there I want to talk a little bit about what you saw into real estate but first before I do that Let's talk a little bit about meditation and why that's such an important role in your life and, and maybe walk us, walk us through some practical steps of, of how yeah. do you meditate? I mean, what, what, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so, so this, this is something that, you know, we, you know, as a, Tracy and I had gotten into, um, gosh, I mean, back when we first got introduced to Tony and, and I, you know, tried some different things here and there, guided meditation and, and stuff like that. It's all, it's all been good um, for me. I think anytime, doesn't matter what you do, anytime you just sit down, shut up, turn everything off and just chill, it's good for us. Yeah. And um, so actually last, I think it was the end of last summer, um, I was kind of looking for something else, something for the boys, something for Tracy and I too. Um, and I, I stumbled up upon, I think actually through a Joe Rogan podcast, I heard somebody talking about transcendental meditation and I heard somebody else talking about it too. I'm like, all right, there's two points. Let's check this out. And, um, so yeah, so we actually, um, had a, a trainer come to our house and train us on, on transcendental meditation. So now this is something that we do daily. Um, the boys are on and off, you know, they're, they're young, but it, but if I miss it, I'm like, I'm out of sorts. Um, and it's a, it's a 20 minute meditation. Um, it's, it's different. I mean, you can't have people explain it to you. This one has to be taught. Um, you know, you're taught a mantra and I remember on the, the Rogan show, you guys go, tell me a mantra. Well, I can't because then it gives you meaning and I can't give that to you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's really a, a beautiful way to just calm down the mind um, you let in ours, you kind of let thoughts come and go. You don't worry about it. And you move on to the next thing. And I've had some very, very calming experiences and I've had some experiences where I come up with these great ideas and I got to write notes through the whole <laughs> meditation time. It's like, it's just, that's the way it is. And it, it for us, it, it works wonderfully. And, 
and um, I definitely recommend, you know, any kind of yeah quiet time. I know you you met it. What's yours? What's your typical meditation type? No, this is this is great. It's a great conversation because I think there's so many different approaches. But you know, for me, it's it's more of kind of a mindfulness practice. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I meditate every morning for about ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes. It depends, um, yeah. and it's really just listening and it's you know observing, being aware yeah. of what what's going on in there. You know, what's yeah. what's happening because you know what it's really interesting to separate yourself from your mind. It's like, I am not the mind. I am the observer of the mind. And so it takes a long time to really observe that and to really understand that. Um, So I definitely see it as a practice and one that I'm continuing to practice and learn. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's amazing what, you know, sort of calm you can achieve in your life and the more presence that you can achieve just through that continual practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, correcting and realizing that, Hey, my mind's telling me I got to do this, this, and this, or that I screwed up on this, this, and this, but I'm just the observer of the mind. That's not actually me who's saying that. I just think it's really right. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's yeah, good stuff. absolutely. I appreciate you sharing awesome. that. So why did, why did real estate seem interesting for you, uh, to become involved with financially as well? Cause I was paying a lot of freaking taxes, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I understand. I understand. Those so, guys will get you. So, this episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, Visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. That, that was kind of the, the tipping point, right? Um, over the past few years, paying a lot of taxes. And <clears throat> I, I joke too, I may not be quick, but I'm really slow too. And our, our coach, Trevor, he's been like, yeah. He, his background is, is mostly in real estate and, and stuff like that. And then also helping people. But he's been telling us for years, Oh, you should look at this. And mm-hmm. I just hadn't done it. And, and finally, finally last year, um, we're like, all right, we, we have to learn more about this and, and what we can do, um, in real estate to offset, you know, taxes and just be smarter with our investing. And, um, especially in these trying times, I mean, I'm pretty glad I'm in, in real estate these days, um, in a nice stable market. Um, and there's, I mean, there's uncertainty everywhere. Sure. Um, but people consistently need a place to live and we can improve the properties and, and help them out. That's a, that's a better prospect. So, so that's kind of how we got kicked into, uh, getting into getting into some real estate investments. So yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. I think it's uh, I just had a conversation with someone else, you know, earlier today, actually, and we were talking about the tax benefits and it's, it's always a great reminder that, that we don't want to, you know, let the deal just be driven by tax benefits, but it is amazing what the IRS sort of encourages you to do through real oh, estate yeah. and through that tax code. So, you know, a great book on that is tax free wealth by Tom Wheelwright. Uh, if you haven't read that one, uh, there it is. Look at that. <laughs> Not planned at all. I knew you were going to ask questions about books and that one kicked Man, my butt. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, talk to me, um, you know, real quick before we get into our rapid fire section, I'd love to know as someone who's continually growing yourself, 
Is there anything substantial that you've changed your mind about over the past few years? It's a tough question, I know. So I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm just curious. Something that I've changed my mind about over the past few years. I I think. Could be philosophically. Okay, so it kind of philosophical. When we got into this, you know, I pretty much. By got onto it, I mean the the business and starting the business. I pretty much preached what we're doing to everybody, saying, "What's your idea? You got to go do it." Blah blah blah. It's it's you know everybody should be doing something, mm-hmm. and just I mean off the cuff, it's not for everybody. You know, I, I mean, there's people that are absolutely happy and thrive in their nine to five jobs. Um, and you know, there's people that, you know, just want to be investors. There's people that want to be business owners and, and, um, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. Whereas I think everybody should look differently at things. And, you know, so, I mean, I've got close family. You know, one of the things I learned in the network marketing business is, it's not for everybody. You got to love them where they're at, right? Mm. And you just got to, got to move on. If they don't believe in your investing philosophies or, or whatever like that, or your view of the world, you got to love them where they're at. So I think the fundamental thing that I've learned is I, it's, it's just not for everybody. You got to love them where they're at. Move on. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, it's a good, it's a good mantra for us all, you know, not to take the mantras from our transcendental meditation conversation, but, you know, love them where they're at. You know, we're not, everyone is just like us, but we have the opportunity to, you know, impact them still positively in so many different ways. And, and also there's still a place in our life for people that may not be exactly the way that we are. So what a great, I, I, I mean, further to that too, though, I mean, the tagline from our business is shake that ash and light that fire. I mean, it's not just about starting up a grill. Right. It, it can also be about getting off the couch and doing something with that idea you've had. So, That's however, awesome. there's a lot of people that are very comfortable on the couch. <laughs> but, but I really think, you know, sharing our story with how we've built the business and have been smart about it, didn't, you know, over leverage ourselves or get huge bank loans or something to that effect. I think that can resonate with a lot of folks that, Hey, I do have this idea. I can start small. I could start with a super simple web page or selling something on Facebook or or something on Etsy or who knows. Do something. That's wow. that's awesome. An option. Yeah. yeah, and anybody can do it, right? You don't have to be this like all-knowing individual like Chad perhaps. No, I'm kidding. I know that obviously <laughs> you, gotta you figured it out. Surround yourself. You got to surround yourself, man. You know that. Yeah. We got good people. You know, obviously Tracy's key, but we've got Trevor, we've got, you know, folks that help us with marketing and design and, and stuff like that. And, and, um, yeah, it's, it's a fun journey. Yeah. And you're obviously feeding your own mind. You're, you're feeding your own growth. Uh, you're contributing to others. You're, you know, you've got your love, you're having a good time. And I love the mission of, you know, shake that ash and light that fire. It's not just about the product's use. It's about, <laughs> hey, look, you know what? Anything's possible. Just get up and move and, and make something happen. So that's super inspiring. I appreciate you sharing that. And yeah, you're welcome. 
With that said, I want to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. And we're continuing to scale the mountaintops. Uh, We're going to continue to push the limits. We may not be able to breathe, but we are going to keep going anyway. And with that said, I'd love to know, you know, what are two or three of the most impactful books that you've ever read? Well, we talked about earlier. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. Um, That's huge. Probably don't need to say that again in here. But then this one. You know, tax-free wealth. I, I did not know that he was going to have that, honestly. That's awesome. That is I, just, awesome. I finally got that one and was reading it, and, and I'm, I joked that that's the best tax book I've ever read. It is so good. The only one. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> you yeah, wouldn't it, think it, a tax book would be enjoyable, but it was. it's very insightful. Yeah, yeah. So, And then the other one is this book uh, by Anthony DeMello, Awareness, mm-hmm. um, which I stumbled onto this one uh, through Tim Ferriss. And, at, and also, um, in the back of uh, Kiyosaki's book, Fake, he talks about this book, Awareness. And, and I'm actually on it, reading it my second time. Wow. Like you were talking about before of, you know, it, it's not me, you know, who is I, who is me, and thinking outside of yourself and looking and say, how, how am I responding to this situation? That's what I, I probably got to read this about four five, ten 10 times. <laughs> wow. But, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great read. There's awesome stuff in here. I love sharing with my boys. Um, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic read. That's yeah. awesome. We will, we'll put a link in the show notes to all three books there, but you know, I've heard about awareness, uh, the book itself, and I definitely am interested to, uh, to dive oh, you'll, in. You'll, you'll enjoy it. We'll, we'll have a conversation over a bourbon some other day about that one. <laughs> that sounds fantastic, my friend. I love it. I love Absolutely. it. So outside of what we talked about today, what's the biggest way that you'd say you elevate your life on a daily basis? I, I think the meditation thing is huge. You know, I, I try to exercise daily and do that stuff, but um, just calming down, starting my day off right. And even if I have a busy morning and I skip it, I come back to it, you know, lunchtime or in the afternoon and get her done. And um, yeah, it's, I, I think that's absolutely critical in my world. That's awesome. Love that. It may not work for everyone, but it certainly works for you. It works for me. It works for many others, but uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? I like to have fun. I mean, I know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's being creative and, and how we're doing a project around the house or, you know, I took on a project this winter to um, build a mountain bike trail or a snow bike trail in our area getting people involved, um, you know, having fun with that. Um, you know, that's, I mean, cooking, I mean, we just, you know, I try to try to keep it real and, and, um, provide for folks and, and see what we can do. Well, that's one thing you definitely never forget to do is have fun. And it's something that we all need to make sure that we don't forget to do is have fun. And mm-hmm. I have to tell you, this has been an absolutely fun conversation. I've had an absolute blast, but is there any thought, you know, parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd share with Elevate Nation? I'd get, I'd say, get out there and shake that ash and light that fire, baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just enjoy life with all the, the chaos that we have going on. I mean, embrace the ones closest to you. And right now we got some time to share some time with them close to us. Yeah. Um, and um, make it fun. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And the way that I see it is, you know, light that fire. It's like what lights up your own fire, right? Mm-hmm. What what is what is the passion? You know, what what curiosity can you follow to find that if you don't know what that is now, you know, go chase that and 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 have fun at the same time and, and enjoy the small moments, enjoy, you know, the small things in your life because uh, you know, they stack up to become the big things and man, this has been awesome, Chad. I really really appreciate you uh taking time to be on the show today. Tell the listeners how, uh, how they can learn more about your business, about you, how they can stay engaged with you, all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah, our website is uh, kickashbasket.com. That's where you can find out about our product, a little bit more of the story of what we've got going on. Um, and then anybody, contact me. It's just chad at kickashbasket.com. Um, anybody wants a visit about starting a business, bounce some ideas, learn about our business, touch on real estate. I don't care. I'm an open book. Let's visit. It's fun. That's awesome. We will put a link in the show notes, not a link, but uh, we'll put the contact information there in the show notes. So thank you for sharing that and be on the lookout, man. Elevate Nation's coming your way. And then uh, we'll definitely put a link in the show notes to your business to kick ash basket so they can learn more about that. But what an inspiring uh, journey that you've had so far and really excited to see what's next for you and continue to you know, build a friendship together. And I just want to thank you again for being here. And I want to thank Elevate Nation as well for tuning in. I want to encourage you to re-listen to this show because really what we talked about is the actual story of, of how Chad made it and how he, how he created and designed his life now that he continues to live a life without limits and continues to grow amidst all the chaos and all the craziness that's happening in the world. He's still thriving and we all have the opportunity to do the same. And so, you know, I would certainly encourage you to share this with a friend, you know, take a screenshot and tag, you know, Chad, tag myself, tag Elevate Podcast and share this with someone else because you know what? The teacher is who learns the most, you know, obviously put this in front of someone else, but have a discussion about it. You know, that's how you really anchor in your own understanding. You know, what was it that really sparked your own curiosity, your own creativity and beyond that, you've got to take massive action. What fire do you need to light within your own soul, within your own heart, within everything that you're doing and make it happen. So uh, with that said, you know, thank you so much for tuning in. And Chad, thanks again for being on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show, Tyler. It's awesome. Love talking with you, man. Absolutely. Elevate Nation. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.